0: Some
1: sisters get into fights about baseball. <laughs> yeah. Penny Marshall does love a good montage. Yes. And I like how they combine that into like a newsreel um, where the voiceover, once again done by Harry Shearer, is very much like, look, these are girls playing baseball. Who'd have thought? It? <laughs> <laughs> and then they combine it with all the like, and in between innings, they're making cups of tea and having cake. And I don't know. And I, I mean, you know, obviously the cruelest one is when they're like, and here is, you know, second base um player marla hooch <laughs> she's like way <laughs> she's out in the like, field like <laughs> waving yeah. to the camera i wasn't ex- i wasn't expecting that and i thought that was quite funny like obviously it's terrible but at the same time it's like that that would happen in the 40s if they were doing a newsreel and they didn't like her they just all the others it's like literally right up in their faces you know including like the which one is like the miss i can't remember what state she is now um the one who ends up marrying a plastic surgeon, which is why oh, her yeah. old lady looks like she's twenty years younger. <laughs> They're like literally she's she's like front and center in the camera because obviously you know she she's won like beauty contest. Um, but yeah, I did think it was just a very quick, funny visual gag to have Marlo like out in the middle of nowhere.
0: It was a it was a good sight
1: gag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And
2: that, that um, woman who was talking about the masculinization of women and this is you know, I and mean, that was yes, amazing.
0: The women's league of snootiness or whatever they were called. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, about you know, women I did kinda of
1: like that it's showing like there is some resistance to this. Like obviously the film is there to pay tribute to these players, but you know, there's no point I mean, you know, like you say with the scene with the you know, the the kind of black lady throwing the the, you know the the ball back like the, obviously they're not shying away from the fact that this was an all white league and also you know outside of that although people are coming to the games and we see that you know the crowds are getting gradually bigger which obviously was not true but you know still obviously for the arc of the film it kind of makes sense um to have like you know a bit of a challenge you know it is it is kind of they the fact that they're still you know that the, the ladies are being addressed as like as if you know they're gonna have to go back into the kitchen at some point and you know while they're playing baseball they still have to kind of do those duties and stuff and i just thought it was kind of interesting yeah and say like, like what yeah
0: our that. men are going to come back from war and what what kind of women are they going to come home to or however that woman would speak and then you, you get a quick shot i believe of Dottie and kit's parents again her father's been reanimated somehow from his you know death pose in the previous scene where we saw him and they're both listening to the to these women speak on the radio and her mom is hugging a cushion and looks absolutely like a mixture of scandalized and terrified about what is being said about these women and i don't know if it's because she knows her two daughters are off doing this and she disagrees i I wish they would sort of maybe address that a little bit more about how the parents feel about their two daughters just bopping off to chicago to play baseball in miniskirts um but yeah you see a quick shot of her, their parents like
3: oh, my goodness the women's I league of snobbery are upset <laughs> i don't know if this makes you feel better but that uh was addressed in the sitcom oh,
0: oh. <laughs> i might have to hold my i might have to hold my nose and actually watch it
3: <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's uh it's really not worth it <laughs> I, I think it's
1: at this point as well that we I mean, although we've kind of met her, we get reintroduced to Evelyn um, played by Bitty Scram Bitty? Scram? Bitty? I don't know how to, I've never had to say her surname out loud so I only know her from like the first I don't know, three and a half seasons of Monk um, that's the only place that I know her in terms of her acting um, and she's very I mean in Monk it was like the kind of the early 2000s so like it was like a decade and a half after this so um, it's kind of interesting seeing her this young, um, but yeah. But obviously, we're, inter- we're introduced to her because she's got a son, still well, can no longer be looked after by uh, uh, yeah. by the husband. So
3: he returns in the sitcom as well. The husband? Uh, you no, no. This the kid. Oh, still, still well. well. Okay, <laughs> it's obviously very uh, very hilarious and charming. Always to have a kid in a '90s sitcom screaming. And- Doing
1: things. I mean, throughout the rest of the film, obviously, he will cause problems. The first of which is he keeps attacking the driver well, he's and driving. Driver
3: with... Yeah. <laughs> he covers his and, and eyes the,
1: at some point. <laughs> yeah, and the bus is just like careening from side to side, and bags are falling on people. And yeah, I thought. And then Madonna that. threatens I to kill scene. him with a bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which, given Madonna's character, I think I would believe in that film that she would beat a child. I mean, it seems. <laughs> period accurate to me when I was obviously I'm watching this for the first time today and I was like this kid is very annoying but then when we get the payoff later in the film it kind of made me cry a little because I was like happy to see he's him he's such and was a like, sweet oh. man
3: oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the
1: thing and <laughs> yeah so I was like it, like he annoyed me for most of the film and then when I saw him at the end I was like oh it's still well it's nice like and I, I guess that was the idea you know was to have this kind of annoying kid
0: yeah. And he has this poignant moment where he looks at the cardboard cutout of his mom at the at Cooperstown as well. And he's just like, yep, that was my mom. So sad. I
1: don't think that this young kid was anyone. I think it was just a kid.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it's not like he had like a sitcom or anything. You know, he was just he was just a kid actor. I think he does well for being an annoying kid. It's a hard
0: role to play to be annoying. Mm-hmm. So, Method acting, <laughs> I think, acting, I well. think is uh, is what we got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, at some point, uh, uh, Jimmy Gadugan decides that he
1: should manage his team. He does that after they've snuck out, though, doesn't he? Like they Yes. He basically doesn't care about the team. The chaperone gets poisoned after <laughs> kissing him, and then we go and get the adventures of the peaches out on the town. Yep, at the roadhouse
0: um, something. I can't remember where they go. like Road to a roadhouse or something like that, yeah.
1: I thought there was, this was fun because uh, we get Marla singing It Had to Be You to Nelson. Badly. And I just... <laughs> I. Badly, but at the same time, it's so charming, and I was like, "Oh, this is just like instantly you like you know the the fact that he's like, "Oh, I can take her home it's like of course, like they're instantly made for each other, and uh you know obviously that develops further, but you know Dotty arrives, what I thought was funny was when dotty arrives with this kid who's, who's like the space in the back of the car, and she's like, "How about her like you know slap you around and he's like, well, we could do both
2: like, <laughs> um."
0: <laughs> that kid he was...
2: looked way too young to drive. I'm like, "What?"
0: Way too young for everything that, was that he was doing pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> it. But I
1: think uh,
2: I think it's sort of It's a hint...
0: the
1: 1940s Alice, there was no rule Yeah, that's I think it's true. also it's
0: also one of those things as well where like all the men were off to war and the kids were like home and mom was trying to take care of things. So the kids were free to roam and do whatever they wanted. And here's this kid driving a convertible somewhere in <laughs> i guess illinois
2: and i forget you can be 16 16 year olds look like babies now i forget that's what happens when you you cast an actual you know teenager
0: age appropriate who does
1: that yeah. Uh, yeah but of course dotty's tracking them down because uh Lowenstein, who we haven't really mentioned um but he's the guy who's kind of running the teams for um on behalf of gary marshall um played by david Strathorn, i think she's Strathorn, i believe um yeah, who's I mean, he's a great actor. I love him in everything he's in. And and I like that he's kind of cynical in this to start off with. And he's the one who's like, you're going to be wearing short skirts and that's the end of the matter. And then as the film goes on, obviously, he ends up kind of, um, you know, with an affection. He's their for, defender in the
0: end. Like, like he's like, these women have yeah. sweated and bled and suffered through so much to do this for you. And you're just going to drop them? Like, no, not on my watch.
1: And and the thing is as well, he has a baseball film experience uh, because he was in Eight Men Out, which came out a couple of, like a few years before this. Uh, he was one of the uh, the Black Sox, um, so you know he's been a baseball player. He understands it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so obviously they're not meant to be out without their chaperone, and they've poisoned their chaperone <laughs> so they could go out. So Dotty is the one who kind of has to gather them all up, and I do like that we it kind of just finishes with marla just kind of singing it had to be you directly at nelson Uh, and nelson says it would be my
0: honor to drive her home and you know that she's safe with him as opposed to like the other people who are the leches around um you know may and everybody else
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh nelson is great uh you know i'm happy for the, the pair of them um but yeah and of course once we get to the stadium uh this is where jimmy kind of suddenly wakes up and decides to take over the team but before we get that, we find out that the announcer has travelled back from the 70s um, and has dropped his greaser gear, and he is played by David L. Lander, um, who I think died recently, if I'm not mistaken, um, in the last couple of years. Um, obviously, you know, he was on Laverne and Shirley with Penny Marshall, which is why he's in this film, because <laughs> he's, you know, friends with her. Um, but I like I like his, his style of, like, kind of... Um, as an announcer because he like, he he's kind of not playing it fully serious. Uh, but at the same time, he kind of, he strikes that right tone of being like a baseball announcer. But
0: if you hear announcers from back then, they sort of sounded like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he. I mean, but also like the fact that, because it's obviously, you know, this is ladies baseball. He, it does seem like a little bit like he's kind of, he's announcing it, but he's not fully taking it seriously. And it's only really when the team starts to win that he kind of gets behind them and, um, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of takes over that role but yeah i mean this is where we get the kind of the signal battle which is just one of the funniest this is why you get tom hanks in a film so he can do this kind of physical uh, comedy up against gina davis um
0: a quick aside uh, that guy is not the only laverne and shirley alum the the soldier who dances with uh, all the way may at the roadhouse also from laverne and shirley
1: oh who's the actor oh. i didn't
0: recognize him i don't remember his name it's probably somewhere but um he apparently played uh shirley uh, of laverne and shirley's uh boyfriend and he was a dance instructor oh so here he is dancing in Makes
1: sense. the league of the room yeah <laughs> i mean at a certain point laverne and shirley lost shirley for a, for a season yeah it was just laverne <laughs> so <laughs> laverne and yes Laverne and whoever... I think at that point, actually, Lenny and Squiggy moved in to the to the apartment. Probably. Yeah. Instead of recasting,
0: they're just like, yeah,
3: let's
1: bring in the two characters that we already have. Yeah, we've already got these two guys. Um, but yeah, no, I love this signal battle. Like, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of baseball anyway, uh, which is unusual for someone who's not American. Um, they used Hi. to show it over here at, like, one in the morning. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so I watched a f- I watched a few kind of, like, uh, world series... Um, I think there was one in
3: Cleveland.
1: Do you have a team? Uh, I mean, I I mean, I'm a fan of Prince, so I'm gonna have to say Twins. Um, okay. But um, it's funny because there was fit. one of the World Series that went super long. Like there was one where like one of the games went on for like six hours. <laughs> um, which I think was one with Cleveland, and I remember that beat like starting at like one in the morning over here and still being on at like ten o'clock in the morning <laughs> over here, and it was like this seems to have there was like snow delays and all kinds of stuff. Um, so but I do like you know, baseball films. And obviously I enjoyed this film, uh, not to give away my rating at the end, but yeah, I did like the kind of, the whole <laughs> signaling thing with him kind of, t- like, it just, it was, it just, it started. I mean, I just kept laughing long because it was like so ridiculous. The and then Marla's like, in the box, out the box, in the box, in <laughs> the box, in the box, out the box. He's like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. But I do like that this, like, you know, it's a kind of silly scene, but it shows that he he now is like, he now cares about the team. Like,
0: if he didn't care about it. But it shows him, that, I think it also shows that he's been paying a little bit of attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, enough to realize, like, you no, know, what are you doing? Like, she shouldn't bunt. She should swing away. You know, like, he he knows, he's like, this is a bad decision and I can no longer remain silent. I have to, I'm like, I have this compulsion that I have to step forward and say, this is wrong. And you're doing it wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have to at least on this one play care just a little bit. Um, yeah. And that's
0: how he gets involved.
1: Yeah. But earlier, Lowenstein did come up to him and say, I I, I particularly enjoyed that part in the sixth inning where you adjusted yourself for like an hour Um, because he's literally just been sitting in the dugout doing nothing. Um, The
0: scratching. That's it.
1: Yeah. But both, but but I like that as the film goes on, both him and Lowenstein obviously get more and more invested in what's happening with the team and you know penny marshall manages to show that in kind of subtle ways she doesn't have them like suddenly go i care about this team (laughs) but you know just through (laughs) the way that they kind of interact with other characters it kind of shows that they you know they're starting to kind of feel affection for you know this like the, the fact what these ladies are doing and the fact that they you know they are kind of playing you know good baseball um
0: and making sacrifices and working hard. I mean, the, the this, I don't know if you remember the scene where the one of the players slides into base feet first, and then you see her like putting ice on a huge bruise. Yeah. That bruise was real. <laughs> yeah. And it lasted, no joke, according to the trivia, it lasted for over a year.
3: Yeah. I wow. That actress yeah, had that on her know. leg for over a year. That's funny because I was actually going to comment on how impressed I was with that makeup. I it's not makeup, it's yeah. real. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Apparently most of the injuries you see on players throughout are real. Because you'll see them just like, they don't even mention it. Like those people with scuffs on their arm and bruises and like, you know, little nicks and cuts all real from, because uh, Penny Marshall apparently to get some extra footage that she could edit in as needed would get the players just to play random endings, like unscripted innings to get more footage. So they were actually playing a ton of baseball. Yeah.
1: Probably why Madonna didn't Which if like if you just it learned right the
0: sport. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Madonna hated it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. And I mean, you know, Shirley obviously couldn't read. And so she's being taught how to read. Um, and you know, I, I, I thought that was like a nice little moment um, just before we get probably the most famous quote from the entire film. Um, it's I mean, if you hire Tom Hanks, he's got to do some yelling and uh, <laughs> you know, he goes all out for for like, you know, what effectively becomes his kind of catchphrase in the film where he's kind of instructing Evelyn, because she... I, I can't remember what the play is that Evelyn makes, but she... Does she let someone... Is she playing...
0: Uh, I think it was, like, he, she threw to home when she shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's, there's like, one out and you're throwing to home or something along those lines. Yeah, because she's left field.
1: So she's left field, so she should be... Yeah. She should be thrown to third to cut him off, I think, is what he was yeah. telling. Because she's standing yeah. on third base, I think, when he starts yelling at her, isn't he? I don't Because he's just remember. on the edge of the dugout.
0: Yeah, because she comes over and he's like, He's like, you know, like vibrating with rage. He's like, hmm.
1: Which upsets Evelyn.
0: Yes. Evelyn gets upset. And starts to cry. <laughs> which leads to the number 54 voted popular line in movies, which is. Someone want to say it?
3: We should all try and say it at the same time. Oh, <laughs> this is going to be editing fun later. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, it's, there's no crying in baseball, right? There's no crying
0: in baseball.
1: He actually says there's, big, it, there's no there's no crying in baseball. Like he 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 repeats himself and then he goes there's no. Crying in baseball, so he says it very quickly, like three or four different ways. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean, it's just it's such a great the way he delivers it, like the whole kind of build up to it and everything. You know, this is why he should have been nominated for some award. You know, if this if he's delivering like the fifty fourth most memorable line from American film, it feels like he should have been nominated for something other than best kiss.
0: Best kiss? He's got a nomination for best kiss. He should just be happy <laughs> to be nominated and move on
1: yeah I know it's a, i mean it's like it's just so like the like the kind of I mean in a, in a way it's kind of a little bit misogynist that he's like there's no crying in baseball because but I do like that he says you know he kind of brings back his coach and he goes his coach would you know he says this he like he says who his coach is, whose name I can't remember but he's like he would like yell at me about it. and he goes I didn't cry. Um, and then obviously just well, on the one hand
0: like, I'm, I'm happy that he's treating them like he would any other baseball player yeah. like he's not coddling them and he's like you know I'm mad and this is me mad but on the other hand it, it, it's a bit mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I would
1: argue that even though it is mean it shows that he now cares about what they're doing like it's better than him sitting there half asleep or you know drunk and just not paying any attention to the game At least, you know, he cares enough about this one play to kind of scream at this one player. Um, And the the thing is as well, the umpire comes over and kind of says, you shouldn't be yelling at him like that.
0: And then he yells at the umpire. (laughs) And says some pretty derogatory things to him (laughs) (laughs) that I won't repeat on this podcast to keep your rating. Yeah. But um, yeah, and he gets thrown out of the game.
3: Get out of here! How many of,
2: how many of these these lines from Tom Hanks were ad-libbed, I wonder. Like, John Lovitz, I I felt that earlier, that it just... I'm sure some things he definitely ad-libbed, but even Tom Hanks, like, there were just some lines. I'm like, there's no way this was in the script.
0: I haven't really seen any information about that. Because sometimes they'll say, like, in the trivia, that, you know, oh, like, you know... F- you know, they would do like three takes, and then they would ad lib, and some of the funniest things came out of the ad libs. I didn't really see anything about that about this movie. Yeah, this, this... I'm not sure.
2: I think John Lovett oh, yeah. did for the for the animals. I think that was something I yeah. Heard. yeah. Although I. Or, or, or no, the, the cow that like mooed me.
0: he's like, "Oh, shut up!" Yeah, shut up. yeah but I like I'll, some of his lines come when you can't see his face. So I'm wondering if they were actually looped in after. I mean, I should- because like when he yells at the cow, he turns around and he his body language doesn't say to me that he's screaming at the cow as loud as he actually is. so I'm not sure if it was looped in after. But then there's other stuff like even walking through the tunnel out towards the the uh, the field for the tryouts. Like he says like a line there, and I'm not even sure he's speaking. <laughs> So some of it might have been looked in, but I don't know how much of an improviser Tom Hanks tends to be on films. I mean, not really. Does anyone know? He te- I mean, yeah, I think
1: he's he he improvised some stuff in Punchline, but that was because the director was like, "You're meant to be a comedian. Come up with funny stuff to say. <laughs> like you're playing the stand-up. No yeah, you're playing the stand-up comedian. Just say something funny." Um, but yeah, I mean, on this on this screenplay, we've got Gans and Babalu Mandel, who who wrote Splash. And also did a whole bunch of—I mean—throughout the '80s, they were script doctors for like a ton of comedies, and so I'm confident enough that they could come up with. There's no crane in baseball.
0: Yeah, the funny was on the page, and then he just has oh, to translate yeah. it. Oh yeah, know. that for
1: yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. also wrote the pilot for the TV it's show, just, though.
2: So. It, it just—it it gave me this feeling, like, man, you know, Tom Hanks was supposed to be a stand-up comic, and then transitioned into this. Just really interesting.
1: I mean, he, also he's yelling. He like. I think he's selling it, but with the way that he yells it as well, when he's like, there's no crying in baseball. And that's just, that's Tom Hanks. If you want somebody to yell in a film in the eighties and nineties, you get Tom Hanks. Um, (laughs) And he just kind of conveys it. Um, But yeah, I do. I mean, I, 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 the, the funny, the funny thing is then obviously, you know, we have another, a montage of like them winning and stuff. (laughs) Um, And in there we have Gina doing the, the split catch because, you know, the press are there and they want, like, a show, Um, you know, and so Madonna's, like, taking pictures, having pictures taken with um, Rosie O'Donnell, and they're kind of, like, playing up to the cameras, and then, you know, out of nowhere, (laughs) Gina does the splits to just catch a ball, and it's a simple catch, and didn't really need the splits, and, you know, it's funny, because Jimmy's like, you didn't need to do that, and she's like, well, maybe I did to kind of save the league, but again, that's just a plot point that's put in to kind of... Um, create some tension
0: but I think it also it also feeds into the the envy from Kit as well because oh, yeah. you know her big sister's showing off and you know the star of the league and she'll always be the little sister because that's how the, the relationship starts with like this is our daughter, Dottie and this is our other daughter, Dottie's sister <laughs> you know? and it just continues on through the movie. I mean that is
1: certainly how I always introduce my younger brothers. I say this is this is my brother Darren's younger brother. Um, <laughs> just, just so they they know their place I mean this whole montage finishes with uh, Marla marrying Nelson they get married and all the players are there holding up their baseball bats for them to walk through a tunnel of baseball bats Um, and you know this just made me super happy I wasn't expecting this you know I saw Marla and Nelson earlier they were singing and I was like oh they seem made for each other and then two montages later and they're married um
0: <laughs> yeah, because usually usually when you lose a character like that in a movie, they have to die. So <laughs> yeah. it was nice. It was nice that Marla got like a little happy ending. She's like, I'll see you next season. I'm off to have babies. <laughs> off I go. Bye-bye.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm In my mind, I was thinking, you know, what kind of coward is Nelson that he hasn't been called up to fight? What's wrong with him? Um, but I don't know. I mean, some people were 4F for legitimate reasons. I
0: was going to say, he could have been 4F. Maybe he had flat feet. He had asthma. Who even knows? Yeah. He looks like the type who would have asthma.
1: He does seem... I mean, it's just a good look for Marla that he wasn't overseas fighting because she got to meet him. Maybe he
0: was overseas. Maybe he was injured and he was sent home. Maybe he's a hero.
1: That is possible. Um, they never really go into Nelson's backstory, unfortunately, for us. That maybe would be yep. something that the sitcom should have expanded on.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, now, it's now my headcanon that he went off, he was gone, he was overseas for like three months, had a serious injury, came back, fought for survival, relearned how to walk, and now he's <laughs> off with Marla. And, and also that
1: explains why he wasn't dancing at the club because he just reloaded. That's right, because yeah. spinal injury is serious. Yeah. you got to take it seriously. There we go. So we've turned him into a hero. Um, yep. Yeah. I like as well that this is like, uh, you know, Penny Marshall, I feel is underrated as a director, but in this film she manages through many montages, uh, but also just through the fact that as each game is played, the crowds kind of just get gradually bigger and bigger and bigger and more enthusiastic. And I just like how it, there's, you know there's no attention really called to it other than the fact that you know ira kind of walks in every now and then he's like oh this is good um but you know but there's
0: one where he actually walks he's like walking through this kind of center aisle between the upper and lower tiers in the stadium and like there's lots of cheering and he looks around and he looks satisfied and that's how you yeah. know things are going better and things are going well
1: yeah but again it's like that's it's not explicitly said it's just certainly done and you know i no. think it's something that penny marshall Um, Show Don't Tell, right? Yeah. And the uh, editor, George Bowers, and also Hans Zimmer's music as well, kind of conveys the the kind of excitement of, you know, kind of baseball, and he kind of manages to get that across, you know, so that we know that each game is kind of more exciting than the last.
0: I had no idea that Hans Zimmer did the music for this until I was trolling through the credits earlier today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you just don't associate... Hans Zimmer with upbeat baseball score. 1940s, upbeat, uh, 90s score. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, I mean, I don't know, because he's like, he's, uh, I mean, uh, I, I know that he's kind of slipped into a certain type of score that he's been nominated for a lot of Oscars for. Uh, I think at this point he's been nominated for 9 or 10. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he, he was first nominated for the score for Rain Man. And, you know, that's, that's not we, and he actually won for the Lion King, the animated. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Hans Zimmer won an Oscar for doing the score for the original Lion I would,
0: King. You look through his career and you're just like, this is bananas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, like he really kind of manages to get across kind of the excitement of baseball movies. Like it's, you know, there's a kind of typical score that you expect for a baseball film and he kind of manages to do it, so...
0: So things are going well with the league. The peaches are trying to get into the playoffs. I believe is that where we are now.
1: Uh, well, I mean, we've got it.
2: A... Don't they all get into the playoffs? Because there's
0: that's four the thing. Teams. There's four teams. Like why? How? How is no one getting into the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean, technically, I think we're at the cat fight, aren't we? Yeah. Where Kit just gets angry at Doris and <laughs> just jumps on her and starts attacking her.
0: Well, because. Because apparently I saw in uh, in the trivia as well that um, it's it's hard for modern audiences to understand why Kit is so angry at being pulled from the game uh, as a pitcher. But uh, in those days in major leagues, uh, both women and men, um, starting pitchers were expected to pitch until the end of the game. And if you were removed, it was like because something because because you were that bad, like you were expected to go the distance relief pitchers relief pitchers weren't really a thing so that's why she's so mad and she says she even says a line like i've never been pulled from a game ask Dottie, i've never been pulled from a game so when Dottie doesn't support her and Dottie says she's you know she's growing she's throwing grapefruits you know she's got nothing and she's removed from the game she is seriously mad and it, it, it you sort of understand why she's mad but it makes more even makes it even more sense if you know that she is fully expecting to go the distance in a game every game yeah, and then Doris points this out after uh, a quick interview with uh, with All the Way May, and uh, Kit loses it on her and attacks her, <laughs> and there's lots of rolling around. Which
1: finishes with Jimmy prizing Kit off Doris and throwing her into the shower <laughs> to cool
0: down, literally. Yeah, which uh, which which brings me to another point as well, is because this happens a little bit later. Like, what is the appropriateness of Jimmy being in their locker room so much? he he actually later on he announces it coming in <laughs> well he says uh man on the floor oh too late you're all dressed you know <laughs> like how often did hey, but he didn't knock or anything he just barges in he's like man on the floor <laughs> anyway yeah so he throws her in the shower to cool her down which i'm assuming is what they would do with a male player if two male players were uh were going at it so he's still treating them like uh like he would any other player which is sort of refreshing not as refreshing as the cold shower but there you go yeah so everyone's mad well i mean dotty's so mad that she <laughs> wants to quit yes and ira's like no oh god please you're the queen of diamonds don't do that
1: <laughs> yeah i do I, I i do like that like ira is now so invested that he kind of cares like what the players want whereas to start off with he was just like you know you're wearing short skirts and you're, you're gonna learn good posture and that's the end of it but now he's more yeah. concerned with the ins and outs of, like, the actual players and what they want.
0: And he knows that the, the league will be shut down if things don't go well. And he, he confides that in Dotty, which is, you know what leads to all the stuff thing about the showboating and you know, like get people getting butts in the seats and that kind of thing. So he seems to, I don't know if he has a kindred, if he sees a kindred spirit in Dottie or he's just, he's just learned to care for these players enough. And Dottie is clearly their leader. So he, she's the one that he approaches to, uh, to tell that, you know, the league is in trouble and we need to do something and you need to, you know, gather everyone up to to, to do better or do more or be more flashy or whatever to get uh, to get the league on its feet because if you don't then you're all going home.
2: Speaking of giving them what they want though I was surprised that the outfits didn't change the uniforms didn't change you know at at, at some point during the film I thought there'd be this huge problem I mean I guess it's an iconic you know baseball outfit now but I was just surprised that they didn't, you know, give them pants or something to, you know, just so they don't rip their skin open when they're sliding those bases. I
0: I think it's just that's how it was at the time. Like there were yeah. the women just yeah. did not wear pants. I I remember like when when uh, when Catherine Hepburn wore pants a lot in like the 30s and 40s. It was like <gasps> everyone was scandalized because a woman was wearing pants. So I don't know if it, if they're already. You know, walking a line, especially with those, you know, the Inst- Women's Institute of Snobbiness, um, you know, preaching against them on the radio, if that would just be like a step too far. Plus, they know it gets the male butts in the seats.
2: Yeah, making strides, but still you get some some misogyny in there. So.
0: It is the 1940s. I mean, yeah. we're letting you play baseball, but, you know, to make us money, and that's it. I mean, Ira Lowenstein slowly changes his opinion of that, but in the end, it's just like you're here to make money, and that's it. And then when we don't need you anymore, you go back to your kitchens and your cows.
1: (laughs) There is nothing hotter than women playing in skirts that are four inches below their
3: knees.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's how you fill the stadiums.
0: Apparently Um, apparently those costumes were um, mostly made out of wool, and were very hot, oh and they were playing at like, a, <laughs> like 110 degree temperatures a lot of the time. So I'm, I'm sure the the actresses were probably not thrilled that the skirts were so short, but when it was that hot, maybe they were <laughs> just to try and keep cool somehow.
2: I'm sure Madonna was dying to pop a boobie, like she said
0: <laughs> at some point. What if my, what if my, cl- like my boobs just fall out? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh well.
1: <laughs> I like that everyone else kind of looks at her as if to say like, this is insanity what you, like you can't you literally cannot do that yeah, like, not, no. <laughs> no don't do that um yeah uh, but also like even though ira is being very friendly uh, he also trades dotty's sister away rather than lose
0: dotty from the
1: beaches. Yeah. So, he knows what side i mean he
0: he's still a businessman deep down and he knows yeah. that dotty is what's selling the tickets although i mean i think ira's responsible for the league as a whole not just for the uh not, for that, not just for the Rockford Peaches, but like he, he he knows that this team with Dottie at its head is what's selling the tickets and what people want to come and see play in the playoffs. Uh, so, like, Kit is a problem. Kit's got to go. Also,
2: also, it was so weird that Dottie was not on any list for any of the teams. Like, we never saw her, like, go up and check the list. We never. I think from what I read on, on trivia, her name wasn't on the list. It was like, yep, she's she's on the team. We just assume. And she just assumes.
0: I, I thought about pausing the movie to look through all the lists to see if she was there. I did not have time to do that unfortunately, but I might go back and do that.
2: <laughs> well she she, just, she didn't even go up and check. Like Kit went up I mean they all they go up and check. She never checked. And from what I read I did not, you know, do my own look. But yeah, she wasn't even on the list. It was like, Yeah, of course I'm on the peaches. But...
0: <laughs> so you're so you're saying that she's just like I got this. I don't even need to look at the list. I I'm got on. this. I'm totally got it. I'm the best player yeah. yeah, the best player here. I'm also the
1: tallest. Yeah. Of course I'm on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kit would have told her if they weren't on the team.
0: <laughs> I think Kit only I looked for Kit her own said, name. Honestly, yeah. I think Kit went up there to look for her own name and yeah. couldn't give I'll a hoot sure. about whether uh, Dottie was on the list or not.
3: <laughs> I just said hoot. Yeah. <laughs> That's very really cute.
1: The peaches introduce us to the A-A-G-P-B-L. That's a, such a long acronym. I mean... Yeah, they need to work on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, to the, to the the song that they all, um, they sing. Which, you know, I thought was pleasant enough. I mean, it's funny cause it's too. like, you know... Cute. You've got Madonna in the film. You have to have her at least sing once. But she um, sings with the group, so you don't even hear her sing. Well, yeah. Like, the only person who gets a solo is, is Marla Hooch. Um... Her. <laughs> well, there's the
0: there's the um, oh I've forgotten the name of the character who actually wrote the, writes the song. Stillwell's mom. Um, she she's the one who wrote it because they say on the bus she's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm writing a song. Does she actually start to sing it? I don't remember. I don't think so. It's not her that sings that it. I think it's Evelyn that sings it. Yeah. Uh, so she gets a solo as well because she starts it off. And then yeah. everybody else joins in.
1: And then. The telegram boy calls.
0: Yes, and boy is he a jerk! <laughs> wow, like could you be any more insensitive? Like this is probably not the first one of these you have delivered. You know it what it is. You know what is upsetting. And you just gotta have this like uh, you just not have an internal monologue. You can't say these things in your head. You have to say them out loud. <laughs> like geez, you know. Wish the army could do this themselves. And, like, you think they'd want to come down here and tell someone their husband's dead. You're speaking out loud without loud voice right now. Why are you doing this? And then there's the slow walk of Jimmy. Well, after Jimmy kicks the jerk out, like, literally almost out the door, the slow walk down the, the row, and the camera looks across a lot of faces, and then he gets down to the very end, and it just so happens that Dottie and Betty... Are standing next well dotty is seated betty is standing but as jimmy gets closer betty sits down so that her and dotty are, are sitting next to each other and i i really think that penny marshall wants you to believe that it's dotty's husband that's dead
3: oh yeah for sure
0: yeah for, she's for sure, totally sure. manipulating the audience and she's saying you know like you know you're, you're worried that it's dotty's And I think somewhere in the the back of my head, I'm also worried that it's Dottie's husband because then they're going to force a love thing with with Jimmy. Exactly, yeah. It was expected. Yeah, because that's what Hollywood does.
3: Yeah, I mean, it works to create suspense at that moment in the movie i think in the real world that would be a really bad way to handle this <laughs> yes <But laughs> like you're just yeah. driving everyone
0: crazy now yeah the, the jerk's already done that a little bit
3: don't don't no. make it a big reveal that my husband died <laughs> but yeah
0: but then i'm like the other part of me is like how would you do that
3: i mean like, the, you just open the, it the and only announce thing it? you it. Mean, the only thing you could do is pull her aside i think but yeah.
0: Yeah, but then she's gonna know. I mean, he's holding the telegram. Oh yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh,
3: basically, I would. Like I mean, to the, all... the slow walk.
0: <laughs> yes, that like the, the tension just builds and builds and builds and builds, and you're just like, oh, someone's dead. All right. Yeah. So we find out that Betty Spaghetti, Mister Spaghetti, has been killed in Mr. action.
2: Spaghetti. <laughs> I know that that totally lessens the, the trauma of
0: like
3: this.
1: sorry, I'm
2: sorry,
0: Betty. Spaghetti, your Corporal Corporal Spaghetti has died. I... Her
1: name her name is Horn. It's not spaghetti. Okay. <laughs> <That> Should <laughs> so, be
3: though.
1: I don't. <laughs> it's it's funny as well because she's played by Tracy Reiner, who was also in Nothing in Common and Big with Tom Hanks. Will later be in Apollo 13 and That Thing You Do. So, because I saw her in I Apollo
0: 13, and I'm like, she looks so familiar. Where do I know her from? And I look it up on IMDb, and I'm like, ah, it's Penny Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah.
1: So she's in she's in five films with Tom Hanks. That might be. I don't know anybody else who's appeared in that many films with him.
0: Well, she's part of the Marshall
1: family, right? Is she part of the Marshall yes. family? Yes, she is. Yeah, she's she's the adopted daughter of Penny. No, no, she's ac- No, Penny Marshall is her is her mother. Her biological mother? Yeah. Okay. Rob Reiner adopted her when they married. Right. So she became a Reiner that way.
0: Yes.
2: Oh, wow. It's it's two dynasties in one. I was gonna say the Reiners and the Marshalls are two different families, but okay. That makes more sense.
0: There was a merger of of a sort. Yeah <laughs> and, then a
3: merger. A, and then a demerger. <laughs> oh.
1: We're getting to the World Series montage as all the teams keep playing each other, but somehow eventually they end up at a World Series.
0: A lot of baseball happens, Although, of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yes. Well,
1: I should say as well, of course, this is where Bob returns. He's been injured in war, and so... Um... And I remember the Bill Pullman's in this movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did he lose his leg, or was it... I mean, I know, like, like... Uh, well, I don't know if they had artificial legs at that point, but... No, I'm you see, his
0: foot is bandaged, uh, so you see that he's, okay. he's had some kind of either foot or, like, lower leg wound, I guess, and he's walking with a cane, oh, okay. uh, and he's been discharged. Um, so, must have been a serious enough wound that he was decided to be shipped home as opposed to healed and put back into action. So, much like Nelson, war hero.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get in this World Series montage. We find out that the teams go one up, and then two up, and then two one, and then two two, and then three two, and then it's all tied. And we go to a game seven, and that is when we uh, we return to the action We slow down and we actually return to the action so we can see the game. Um, you know and. Jimmy has a prayer before the game which I thought was quite funny he's, <laughs> he's trying to name all the different baseball things and then he's like may our balls be plentiful, plentiful.
0: <laughs> and yeah. he th- he's thankful for the waitress in was it Grand Rapids I think yeah, yeah. Uh, like you remember her she was calling out your name
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we're we are set up with Kit versus a returning Dottie out of nowhere after quitting before the World Series
2: and they were doing Dottie well returns. without
1: Dotty, weren't they? Kind of. I mean, they 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 won three games and they lost three games. So, okay. I, th- I think
0: they're sort of intimating that if Dottie had been there, it would never have gone to. It would never. It would never. It wouldn't have gone to seven. games. been It would. Have been it, but they, they would have won like four games to none.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. But she returns so that we can have um, sister versus sister. As most of the most of the seventh game goes by pretty quick until we <laughs> until we arrive at like the final couple of innings.
0: So she says that they got as far as Yellowstone National Park before they turned around to come back. They were driving home to Oregon from presumably Illinois, which is thousands of miles in a fifteen to twenty year old car. Um, just I, I went to Google Maps and I checked Chicago to Yellowstone is fourteen hundred miles. So that's a 2,800 mile round trip. Now I did find some trivia that their car has an A license on the front, like a like a tag on the front, which means they're entitled to four gallons of gas per week during wartime. Now <laughs> I don't know how many gallons of gas it takes to go 2,800 miles round trip, but it yes. probably should have taken them about a year. <laughs> <laughs> but movies being movies, Dottie has returned. She's regretted leaving, and now she's back to kick Kit's butt.
1: <laughs> and throughout this game, I love that Rosie O'Donnell is just yelling random things. Like, it keeps just coming back to her. Apparently, her role was meant to be a lot smaller, but um, she was the only one who could understand Penny Marshall. And if you've ever heard Penny Marshall speak, R.I.P. Penny Marshall. But also, it is almost incomprehensible sometimes what she was when she was talking. Yeah, she um, had a broad a few accent. Podcasts. Yeah, she did a few podcasts. Like I don't know, a few years before she died, and I swear to God, you could barely understand what she was saying through her accent. Yeah. Um, so apparently, Rosie O'Donnell could convey to other members of the of the cast exactly what she wanted. What so she Penny's kind of really ran. saying is. <laughs> yeah, um, but I like that they kept her around just to yell on the field as well. So they just, it's just random. It's almost like B roll. It's just cut to cut to Rosie just yelling something, um, in between plays. Um, and of course, because it's game seven, we have to have you know everything tied up. It's the bottom of the ninth, and then Kit is the one who has to um, come up to bat, um, and she hits an infield home run.
0: But before that, um, Dottie tells her yes. pitcher how to get her. Oh yeah. She says yeah. she likes them. She like throw it fast and high because she can't hit it and she can't lay off it. So Dottie goes up there with the intention of telling her pitcher how to beat her sister at bat.
2: And see, I was feeling like she was maybe, which I would would have been annoyed at, but it, she was going to throw throw the game for her sister, you know, to make it up for her sister. But then when she goes and, and does that, I'm like, okay, now I just don't understand. And now, I mean, this sibling rivalry, I don't know if it's too much or
0: what. <laughs> Now, I think I think that Dottie goes into the game to win it for the peaches. Like she goes back for the yeah. peaches to win so that they they like she doesn't let them down. But throughout the game she sees how much the game means to Kit and how much Kit feels so inferior to her. That inferiority complex is like like there's nothing stopping that wave, I think is what the author in that 70 point uh, thing said, her inferiority wave. So um she sees how much it means to her and I think at some point she decides but to, to 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 let Kit you know be the star because she's the one who scores the winning run, but the way it's filmed, it could go either way. Like, was the ball actually knocked out of her hand when uh, when they collided at home plate, or did she intentionally let the ball go? And I think that's a little bit up to the viewer.
3: <laughs>
0: I thought I she deliberately dropped
2: it. I think it was an accident. I don't <laughs> think she intentionally did it.
0: You think that she like it was just jostled free and then Kit won I, and transferred her. I just hope stirred.
2: so. I, I, I think it's better to. I mean, I think it's better to win fair and square, even for your own ego. You don't want to think that your sister, you know, threw it for you. You know.
0: Yeah, because that wouldn't help she, Kit in the long run, would it? She,
1: right.
2: She can yeah.
0: catch. She can catch a
1: ball without a mitt. So, feels to me like maybe with a mitt she could easily drop a
0: ball. I, I think she either put herself directly in front of the plate on purpose so she would get hit and maybe then something would happen and she would, you know, I think she she tried to make it look real, but I think somewhere in the back of her mind she sort of did want Kit to win. Whether she made a conscious choice to let Kit win or not, I'm not entirely sure, but I think she she put herself in a place that it could go either way.
2: Did she let her win or No. <laughs>
0: So it was a big celebration. Oh. Yeah, it's a big big celebration. Yeah. Yay!
1: <laughs> but not for the Peaches. No. The team that we've been following for the entire film. <laughs> they, um, they lose. Uh, which I guess is a, a, a kind of radical way of doing this. Because most sports films, obviously, you, go, you follow the winning team. The team who's going to win. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I do like that they're kind of... I mean, effectively, the, the sibling rivalry becomes the main kind of backbone of the story anyway um you know from the beginning to this point so it only makes sense that that is the thing that also dominates the final kind of inning of the final game of at the the time in the film it's almost implied that there's not going to be another season until sorry it's implied that there's not going to be another season but the crowds are so big at this world series that um uh, Gary Marshall re- reverses his decision. Is like he says to Ira, "Okay, we'll have a, you know we'll be back next year." <laughs> basically,
0: I know he says um, at some point. I don't know if it's at the end or if it's before that. He says, "I, I he says I love these girls. I don't need them, but I love them." Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. like, okay, that's not you know. creepy at all.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's delivered by Gary Marshall, so yes. it's reasonably charming. Yes. I mean, you know, he's able to sell it. But here's the thing: there's still like 25 minutes to go in this film. Um, I know because I thought are there extras (laughs) after this like how how is there still 25 minutes of this movie to go (laughs) is is there like a 15 minute gag reel where it's just all outtakes of people being hit with baseballs
2: yes I want that
1: (laughs) I want the post credit scenes Uh, as well (laughs) is it just like another 5 minutes of Tom Hanks peeing (laughs) um uh no, because we get well. We get a bit of a after the game. We see that Kit is in the like lobby area and she's signing balls for little girls. It sounds weird. She's signing baseballs for little girls um, and encouraging them to keep playing and you know just being a role model in general. But it's the uh, first time she and... gets
0: to be the star and be that role model. I believe. Yeah.
1: I should say as also this is why I think Dottie dropped the ball. And let her sister win because Dottie knew she was retiring. She that's her last game ever. So Yeah, so it doesn't matter. If she threw the game, if she didn't throw the game, doesn't make any difference. Well it matters to her teammates. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, they will get to play another season next year. So they can win it they can win it next year and then then it becomes an underdog story and they come back and they you know, they they beat the team that they that beat them the year before. Right. So it sets all that up. Um but yeah, so she sees her sister being like adored by these young girls. And obviously, you know, she realizes she's she kind of, you know, uh, she's happy that her sister has won and is basically out of her shadow. Um, I should also say during the game, Evelyn bunts, which, which is something she should, should have done in a previous game and she didn't. And she got yelled at. <laughs> it. So it's, it's nice that she kind of learns something during the course of the film and... Uh, you know, obviously her kid also gets hit in the head by a glove by Tom Hanks, which is really funny. Like, <laughs> that
0: was a good side gag as well. Because you're yeah, just like, like, yes! <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks
2: She finally just, was like, "Oh, my, like, like, his mom was like, all right, that's it, I'm done. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. And he just throws a glove and it bounces off his head and he falls over and he's, he's like, yes, Tom Hanks is extremely happy that he hit that kid. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, and obviously because of his success, Jimmy is offered a position in AAA. Uh, he finally meets Dotty's husband in the whole film before that happens Um, and he basically says to her he's not going to take it he's got a job his job is being the manager of the Peaches for at least the next nine years before the league falls apart yes you know but at least he's got a job for next season Um, and we see the teams getting on the bus before we segue into modern day we're back at uh, you know Cooperstown um, where the women are inducted into the Hall of Fame which is not a thing that happened that is incorrect.
0: Yeah, she they they had <laughs> yeah. a, a permanent display as opposed to being inductees to the Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame.
1: But you know the film knows that the audience doesn't care about that; um, it's they a just movie. care about a bunch of old ladies wandering around a baseball museum, looking at pictures, and eventually singing the song that they sang when they were young. But also, you know, we get a few kind of touching moments where we see. Um, well, first, like when they're in the field, they all start kind of recognizing each other. Um, and Ellen Sue, who was the the kind of the, the woman who won the like beauty contest, does not look as old as everybody else because she married a plastic surgeon. <laughs> um, and that is what is keeping her looking young. She looks like 20 years younger than all the rest of these old ladies. So that actress looks really good for her age, whatever her
0: age is. Uh, so um, one of them becomes a doctor. I can't remember which one um, became a doctor. Was it, uh, it wasn't Evelyn, was it? No. No, I think it was Helen. Helen, yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, the one that couldn't read?
0: No, that was Shirley.
2: Shirley, oh.
0: Yeah, Shirley Baker.
2: <laughs> I'm like, man, yeah. what an arc.
3: <laughs> she couldn't read <laughs> the
0: doctor.
3: <laughs> I'm now president of the United States. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, there were rumors that George W. Bush couldn't read. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and mostly because his mother famously had like a reading program when she was first lady. And she, she said that she encouraged people to read to their children. And people took that as George Bush was always read to and didn't have to read himself. So, <laughs> he had, yeah, it's uh,
0: someone yeah, who did so, that for him.
1: Yeah. I mean my favourite moment was the grown up Stillwell. Like just showing up and just being there and, you know, kinda of taking pictures with like his, his now deceased mom. Yeah, um, gonna lose. You're
2: gonna yeah,
1: gonna lose. I like that he kinda of remind yeah, he kinda of reminds Dotty who he is and um yeah. I I mean, you know, there's some nice little moments. We obviously find out that Jimmy Dugan died in nineteen eighty seven. Um And also, we find out that, inexplicably, Ira Lowenstein, who, to be honest with you, looked older than Jimmy Dugan (laughs) um, when they were younger, in the 40s, he's still alive? And, I mean, if Jimmy was, like, 80 when he died, I mean, this guy's got to be at least 90, Um, you know.
0: I I don't know how old he was supposed to be. Say he was supposed to be the same age. Or maybe yeah. slightly older. I mean, the actor they they, they they chose to play him did look significantly older than everyone around them, at least. Like he really. Well, he's eight years. He's eight years older than Tom Hanks. Yeah.
1: So if they if they're the same age, if they're the same age as the actors, and Jimmy died when he was seventy, and that was like three or four years earlier, then this guy has got to be
0: yeah somewhere in his although he he didn't he didn't look as old as the actor they chose to play John Lovitz's character he looked
1: oh yeah the old (laughs) he
0: he looked like he was about to keel over and die right there he was so old (laughs)
1: old John Lovitz looked like he was 100 it was that was kind of ridiculous that was the that was the only point where I was like this is not good casting like he doesn't look anything like John Lovitz he looks way too old for that character yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah the Peaches demand that Lowenstein is the one that cuts the ribbon because he was the one that kept the league going yes um, and you know, this is when of course we finally, you know, cause they were saying that Kit wasn't going to go to this thing, but it turns out she did go and she also brought her gigantic family with us. <laughs> so She has like what, five um, or six children. Yeah. I, I mean, some of them might be grandchildren at this point. Like, it's, I, true. It's, it's true. It's true. There must, yeah they must be grandchildren yeah they must be grandchildren you're right I have no idea why Dottie's daughter didn't think that Kit would be going or where Dotty didn't think Kit well, would be going
0: what I find unclear in this the, the way that they reunite it's unclear how long it has been since they've talked or seen each other uh, They the, the reunion looks so big and so emotional that I feel like they haven't seen each other or talked to each other in years
3: yeah
0: since game seven of the world series <laughs> but they parted on good terms like on unreasonably yeah. good terms so i, I if they parted yeah. on bad terms i could believe that they really had not communicated a lot since then they divergent paths you know had not crossed again but they parted on good terms i, I believe that they probably did leave quite di- like did lead quite different lives but um i i that they haven't spoken in forty years. I find that a little bit hard to believe.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what well, what it probably is is just they live in different states and they probably don't get to visit each other very often. So yeah,
0: but it's so emotional. But I, think,
1: I think the opening of the film where the daughter is saying to older Dotty, "You've got to go to this thing," you know, which. It's like, yeah, of course, you know, like you played in this league for a year. <laughs> it seems ridiculous. You got to game seven of the World Series. It seems ridiculous that you would not go to Cooperstown. Um, but it it feels like that opening thing and her persuading her is just to set up the rivalry that goes for the rest of the film. If they were like, oh, of course, Kit's going to be there. Like you would already know the ending, which is that Kit ends up being like, you know, they end up going away on good terms. I think the implication is meant to be with that opening scene that they're on bad terms and the film is going to explain why they're on bad terms but then turns out they're on good terms. So so I think it's a weakness of the script really. You know that they probably there was no easy way for them to kind of
0: yeah there's a beat skip there i guess that probably would have taken too long to explain maybe i don't know or there was a deleted scene that explained it i'm not sure but it just seemed a little bit weird that they parted on the you know nag mule line which is them teasing each other you know in a friendly sisterly mat fashion and then maybe haven't seen each other a lot since i don't know because clearly... I mean, maybe it's, it's
1: just been a, a few it, years.
0: At clearly at some point, Kit has settled down, had, you know, found a person to spend her life with, have children, have grandchildren. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's a mystery.
1: I, I think the setup at the start and the payoff at the end feel like they've been written slightly differently because one is setting up the flashback and the other is just trying to pay off an emotional beat that is kind of missing in the film. Yeah, that hasn't really it's still kind of. Yeah, you still kind of feel it because you're like, oh, it's nice to see that these two older sisters are getting along or whatever. But, you know, uh, I'm sure that the sitcom that followed would have filled in all those gaps for us and we would have figured out what was happening. Uh, maybe this new series will do it. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, and then, of course, Madonna, while she was on set, she wrote a song and they threw it on the end credits and it doesn't really fit the film at all in any way and doesn't even make any sense because um, this used to be my playground. Uh, how when what which playground i don't know what you're talking about
0: (laughs) why is it it so sad
2: (laughs) i mean yeah i I guess that part i guess it's a little bit nostalgic like this used to be where i you know had had fun and and played baseball and i was young but at the same time it's like dotty was there for like you know not a minute but like a year you know what i mean it's like being old and then being like, oh, I, I went here for a summer once, you know, it's just, I don't know. Like how, like she just remembers even, them all. Like.
1: Not even a full season. Not even a like full effect, season. effectively, like you're saying, you're saying, like we saying You're summer but camp like, friends
2: and you're, you're 80 and you're like, oh yeah, I went to yeah. summer camp with you and you, and you, you know, <laughs>
1: It was probably, like, given the fact there was only four teams, it was probably only about, like, 32 games or something, and that was it, and then it was the World Series. So, so how long could that have lasted? I mean, you know, they were on the bus a couple of times, but, like, most of the matches seemed to play, take place quite close to them. I, I don't know. Like, it feels like maybe it was, like, three months. Um But, yeah, Madonna is very nostalgic for something, and over the end credits we get to see... Um, some of the actual baseball players who played in this actual league, uh, which is a nice touch. You know, uh, it has the dedication card that it's dedicated to the AAGPBL.
0: <laughs> oh, they really, did. they really should have found another way to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they should have come up with different words so the acronym could be said in a word. I mean, have like they, they did. did they learn
0: nothing from Shield? Like Shield, you know, yeah, works exactly. their words around so that they have a,
1: an acronym that you know people could say. <laughs> I mean, sh- shield, sword, in DC, you've got Argus. Yep. You know, you you, you you come up with the letters and then you make the rest of the words fit. Um, but yeah, so I did think this kind of ed- end credit stuff was nice because you get a mix of the actors and then also the real baseball players. So you have, like, some of the actors in the photos, but then you have some of the real, like, baseball players. Um, and so it was a nice mix. You know, obviously, the, like, the whole kind of the original idea came from, you know, I think it was one of the screenwriter's kind of found out that this thing existed <laughs> and was like oh you know i i should write a script about that and then obviously it kind of got you know um turned into um you know a different thing actually i think it was because her mother was a pitcher in this in this league and she obviously kind of found out about that and was like i should write the story of you know what happened
3: um, well
0: apparently the, the it was inspired by the career of baseball legend Dottie collins uh the, the thing I Yes, d-
1: that is the story that kind yeah. of got worked into it. Yeah. Yeah, is but, that but the during? Sc- the sc-
0: uh, yeah, during World the War, War ii War. Collins, <clears throat> excuse me, played for the All American Girls Professional Baseball League and pitched seventeen shutouts during her six-year career.
1: Yeah, but the 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 mother of the screenwriter was Helen Cal- mm-hmm. Callaghan um and his brother is a Major League Baseball player or was a Major League Baseball player for the Astros and the Expos. So, yes, he played you know, in my in baseball hometown. In, yeah, there you go. So the that may that may be why you like this film so much. Um, you know, and so the um, you know like the because he's he's Canadian. The original screenwriter was um, before um, uh, what's it? L- Lowell and Gans came in and did a made it funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what that's where the inspiration came from. Was like this the screenwriter being like, oh, my mom was a baseball player during the war. That's an interesting story. And so I like that they kind of conclude with the real players um, who were alive at the time. Obviously, I think now a number of them are not.
0: I would think um, so. Cause it's that this movie is, you know, almost 30 years old. <laughs> yes. So if they were in this, yes. you know, mid to late seventies, you know, during the, the filming of this movie, then chances are, Most of them are sadly deceased.
1: Yeah. In fact, it will be July 1st. Next year will be 30 years since this film came out. Is that correct? Is next year
0: 2022? It is. I know time has no meaning, but on the calendar, it says that next year is 2022. (laughs)
1: Uh, So I think we have to obviously go to um, our verdict on this. And obviously on this podcast, we either say T-Hanks or... No T. Hanks.
3: I'm going to go with T. Hanks, definitely. I enjoyed this film very much. I'm sure I'll be watching it again. You know what? I'm actually going to say no T. Hanks.
2: Um, I just... I I don't... I, I'm trying to figure out how to summarize why it's just, it's just not something that I would necessarily want to see again. I feel like it's not a comedy. It's not a drama. You know, you have what feels like two stand-up comedy performances from John Lovitz and Tom Hanks just kind of dropped in there, you know, not sure what, what movie they're in comedy-wise, um, you know, it drama-wise, I just didn't get that emotional impact, even with um, Betty's husband dying, like, that might have been the m- most emotional part, and it's still, for some reason, maybe just in the, like, weird way they made, they made the suspense. It just, it didn't hit that hard for me. It just felt like it was just, you know, stuff happened in the movie. Good for them. Not, not a big fan of baseball anyway. Um, you know, it was okay, but it just, I would have to say no to Hanks for this.
1: Uh, you know, Alice has shocked us all with a no
0: T. Hanks there, so... I think, uh, like my claim of having seen this movie about 20 times, I, I would not hate watch a movie that many times. So I'm going to go with uh, T. Hanks. I really love this movie. And uh, I think a lot of, like a lot of movies from the, the 80s and 90s, if you saw it when it was relatively new, you have the nostalgia goggles and you really enjoy it. But to watch it now fresh is probably a little bit more difficult um, but I, I really enjoy this movie. It's not my favourite Tom Hanks movie. Uh, it's not even my favourite baseball movie. But it is a movie I enjoy.
1: Uh, and I would say it's T. Hanks for me as well. This was the first time watching it. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, you an know, uh, entertaining movie. Um, you know, uh, Tom, obviously, I thought, given a really good performance. As someone who kind of goes from being indifferent and drunk to um, excited. That his team are actually doing really well. So... Um, you know, and I, I mean, I could, and his physical
0: acting is, I, I find, oh, very good yeah, I mean, me.
1: uh, here's, here's what's going to happen in the next few films. Tom Hanks is going to stop being a comic actor and start being a serious actor. And you're going to lose all of this. You're going to lose the yelling. You're going to use the physical comedy. Like, you know, he, he, it's just going to be, I mean, you're not going to l- lose the peeing of course, because that is a central part of his, his whole acting. Of So you cannot lose that. Uh, in fact, you're just going to gain more of that. It's going to be, from this point on, you know you're going to have at least four or five films where it's just peeing left, right, and center. Um, but you know he's going to become more serious. So this is kind of, I mean, we're we, you know we're edging in on the final points of when um, you know he he slips from being like you know a rom-com lead, which he's not in this, but there are elements of comedy in it. Um, you know the same will be true of Sleepers in Seattle. But as soon as you hit Philadelphia, it's very rare that you kind of you get this comedy again from Tom Hanks. Um, you know, I would say, like, you know, You've Got Mail and, I don't know, is that it? I mean, Charlie Wilson's War? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I like, after that, it's, you know... I mean, there's some humour in Apollo 13, but, you know, it's it's mostly... It's going to be mostly dramatic stuff after this. So this is kind of the last kind of full comic role. And I can understand... Uh, why Alice kind of finds it a, 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 a kind of odd watch, because if you're not a fan of baseball, then the four or five baseball montages will be kind of mean nothing to you and kind of will probably bore you a little bit. Um, and, you know, some of the emotional beats do seem a little kind of forced and stuff, you know, uh, as as, you know, we discussed with the telegram, you know, like there's no, there's no easy way for that scene to end without <laughs> upsetting the person who's going to find out who the telegram is, you know, but at the same time, you know, it does feel a little bit like the emotional stuff is blunted a little bit because Penny Marshall does drag out the kind of walk down towards, you know, the two kind of married people who've got people that are at war. But I think if Um, if that movie was was filmed
0: today, it wouldn't be done like that. No. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know,
1: that that's obviously that's deliberately done to kind of get sympathy from the audience. Um, Yeah. Milk
0: it it for all it's worth. Right. (laughs) It'd be handled a lot differently,
1: but still, you know, I, I enjoy it. I think it's well directed. So, um you know definitely a tea hanks from me um and so with that then we will go to uh
3: plugs so i would love to plug rocky horror minute which by the time this airs may or may not have wrapped up but it is the podcast i do that's a minute by minute dissection of the rocky horror picture show and if you're ever in washington dc and it's post-pandemic Please come see the Sonic Transducers, which is the DC Rocky horror cast that I perform on.
2: Um, you know, I'll plug my social media. My Facebook is Alice Lauren. My Twitter is at PodSocialite. Socialite. Uh, because I'm a baby, I have a TikTok, so Podcast Socialite. And you can find on these social medias I, I share my podcast appearances. I do a lot of the movie by minutes and then I've worked with Darren before on the knives out stuff and I Obviously we we talked about how I was on Splash, um on the splash episode. So yeah, I'll just I'll I'll share my stuff and feel free to come talk
0: to me.
1: And finally, Susan, is there anything that you wish to plug?
0: Um, I plug my social media as well. I'm on Twitter at Sherlock seventy three. I'm on Instagram at at Subert nineteen seventy three. That's S U E B E R T. I've previously appeared on Flash Gordon Minute and a couple of episodes of Christmas Actually, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I may reappear in Tom Hanks Land. You never know.
1: And you can find us at the extremely awkward Twitter handle t underscore ft memory. Uh, thanks to everyone for being my guest here today
3: thank you so much thank you for having us thank you so much
1: and um, you know I think for most of this film uh, Tom Hanks was kind of playing a character that was kind of half asleep but uh, next time he's going to be sleepless in Seattle